All right, we're live. Good afternoon. It's Mikey B and the Funky Bunch. I got Chaz and TK here. How you guys doing? Good. How are you, Mikey? Good. I'm doing good. Chaz is pounding down some Oreos, and uh, he's he's got a couple snacks. We got a good topic for today. The much-anticipated conspiracy debate, talk, roundtable, whatever you may call it. Um, yeah, this is going to be a good one. We've been talking about this for a while. And uh, we kind of just wanted to get our name out there before we delve into the, the crazy fucking alien shit. Because I was kind of worried that if that was like our first one, then people would look at us and be like, all right, these guys are fucking nuts. But yeah. <laughs> um, so just to go over, um, we kind of don't have an agenda. I have a couple things written down. And I know everyone's kind of have like a topic they want to talk about. So I kind of want to just dive right in like, like we always do. Chaz wanted to talk about the Tupac conspiracy. Um. And his involvement of him still being alive, the connection of Sugnight and Biggie Smalls. Um, the one thing I did see that was interesting that Chaz did show me is Sugnight's interview um, with the Rolling Stones about how he's alive in Cuba somewhere. Um, you know, when I first heard about it, I, I was kind of confused because I thought that, that was an open-ended case. Um, they never, they never charged anyone with the the shootings. I know they have a bunch of NDAs, which is non disclosure agreements, made with a bunch of people, probably in return for information regarding the case. So, Chaz, why don't you take it away on on wh- why why you think that uh, Tupac is still alive? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying 100 percent he's alive, mm-hmm. but I've seen theories that I can get behind and believe that he's alive. I was actually watching another podcast and I saw something about it and it's just like, I don't know, I gotta like think a little bit. Yeah, well, I think because he's not alive. (laughs) Well, okay, so the thing, the thing that Chaz was discussing with me, I'll I'll help you out here, is that there have been some sightings of him that have not been confirmed that it was him. Could be weird coincidences, but I think Sug Knight's involvement and That's what really got me behind this one theory is because Suge Knight came out and said that he straight said Tupac is in Cuba. Yeah, which I thought was weird too. And and Suge Knight was the last person he was with that night. Yeah. And yeah, so it just makes sense. And Suge Knight has been involved in a lot of, lot of the crimes that happened in that East Coast, West Coast rap battle. Yeah, and and... You know, watching. I, I I'm not sure if anyone's seen Straight Outta Compton here. Um, it was a really good movie, but at the end of it, you know, Easy E does die of AIDS. Um, which also comes back to Suge Knight. Suge Knight. He's in an interview on Jimmy Kimmel. On Jimmy Kimmel, and he's talking about how there's a new way of killing people, and he goes, "With the electronic states, it's hard to kill someone, like with a knife and a gun or, or yeah. something." And he goes, "But there's this new way where you can get." blood from someone who has AIDS and just stick him with the needle and it's a slow death and then he closed his statement with just like Easy E. Yeah. Which is makes people think that Suge Knight injected him with AIDS. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I th- Suge Knight is just a guy who you know when he's on his deathbed because I think he's currently incarcerated right now for he like ran two guys over. And um and he was claiming it was self defense and I think he's still trying to fight that, but Suge Knight to me has always been sketchy. I think he's yeah. just psycho, dude. Because yeah. and like with all that, like with Tupac and Biggie, like I think Suge Knight 
if Biggie isn't alive, had Tupac killed because Biggie and Tupac were becoming boys, and he Suge Knight knew once they became boys, he was gonna lose money off that that rap battle of like, oh, East Coast is better than West Coast, and yeah. So and then Biggie got killed out of revenge, which is sad because there really wasn't no revenge because Biggie really didn't kill him. Yeah, the retaliation for for that, you know, it, it, the whole thing is kind of complicated with back in that nineties. You know, East Coast, West Coast battle. There's a lot of players that were involved. And I, I thought that was a, you know, a unique thing to for Sogan Knight to say that he's still alive in Cuba somewhere. Like, that is a really random thing to be like. Especially because he was, well, it was him and Tupac in the car that night. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was the last person he the was with. The only thing that just makes it hard to believe is that, like, you brought up to me when we were talking about it originally is a lot of people had to lie to keep this a secret. Yeah. But again, another thing that I question is the case, like how come they just stopped worrying about the case? Like he was a famous rapper and like you think they would have fought till they found who did it and instead they just kinda like Well you gotta remember they didn't have the technology back then to do, you know, crime scene investigations. They didn't have any kind of security camera footage of like you know, like everyone now has ring doorbells. Like you you can't commit a crime nowadays without being seen by someone. And I think that when you're in the early 90s, when, when technology was still on the rise, kind of. It, well, wait, what's his face was there, too? Um, the one that went into jail and they lower his, his sentence. Yeah, to, I forget the dude's name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He was in the car behind him or somewhere. He was near it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good conspiracy to, to start start us off with. Um, I got a bunch of things on this list that I kind of want to touch on. Um, let's aliens, real or not? Too too big of a universe to, to deem to deem them not real. You know what I mean? Like yeah, just like the ocean, you can't anything in the ocean you can't say is still extinct because like I forget what the percentage is, but like. Out of all the oceans, I think 80% has been seen. No, I think it's like... Or 8, I mean. Yeah, like 8. It's like like 8% has been searched. We know more about the moon than we do about our oceans. And the universe is just as bigger than the oceans, so there's really no way of saying there's aliens or not. Shit. Because you can't... Well, think of it this way. I kind of want to blow your mind here. There are more grains of sand, Mm. or there are more stars in our galaxy... Then there are grains of sand on planet Earth to put that into perspective. And each star system has a unique set of, you know, planetary systems that, you know, could. I I think we're still trying to figure out what is is exactly Earth like. Is it all carbon based creatures? Is it, you know, is it uh, a lateral movement and, you know, having a huge mass in the sun and us just being in the Goldilocks zone? So. Trev, what do, you, what do you think? Well, ever since we had that conversation going to Pizza Hut that one day, it blew my mind. And I think what what you said is true. I think they are real, but they're, they're, it's, you know, it's still a toss-up because we don't know for sure. But, like, what the government it had all plays a factor, you know, if they're hiding it or not. So I, I think they're real, yeah. I think there's I something out there. I remember my fifth grade. It's weird. I still remember this, but... My fifth grade teacher told me something when we were we were talking about aliens in school because fifth graders what we do, and he was saying how it's just too big to search the universe to see if we have aliens. And he goes, and he I remember him saying he 
he still believes that we aren't the only ones out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and th- this is where the conspiracy part comes in, is that you have – they really tackle this kind of idea and concept of uh, extraterrestrial beings being, you know, present in us. Mm-hmm. I kind of like to break it down from, like, the – when scientists think that, you know, the universe was created, whether you believe in the Big Bang, God, the string theory, parallel universe, 14.6-something billion years, Right. So the question I like to ask people to kind of put time into perspective, human beings, 50,000, 100,000 years old, you know, able to think critically, maybe not critically as in the hunter-gatherer, like, like, like we do now, but maybe hunter-gatherers. If I asked you in 5,000 years, do you think we'll have the technology capable of like interstellar travel? Yeah. For sure. In 5,000 years. So my question to you guys is why haven't, you know, in 5,000 years, that is a, a blink of an eye. That is a microsecond in the in the history of the universe. Why have other civilizations not done the same thing for us? I don't know. It's a good question. It, it's a question that I can't even wrap my head around because if if we're drawing a timeline from Big Bang to current time, Earth time, what if in like a – what if in a galaxy 10 light years away, which is relatively close on the grand spectrum of, you know, the, the observable universe, right? What if even an, a civilization started a million years ago, which is nothing, which is absolutely nothing on the scale of time. It, it is literally a fraction of 1% of time. What if these beings through evolution were created a million years ago? What if a million years ago there was a... A civilization as as complicated and complex as us right now. Why haven't they found us? And or is there systematic, you know, laws of physics that prevent interstellar travel? Yeah. So it what's kind of like ties me into a point of of Oh god, Chaz is looking up alien is that alien costumes? No, it's an alien doll for the shed. Oh, okay. Dude, please god no. <laughs> that thing will freak people out, okay? Um god, no. so if we're now that we're like talking about aliens, I Trev, I think we were talking about on that right. We to to give the audience kind of a an overview of what me and Trev talked about. We were on the way to Pizza Hut getting a, getting ourselves a family dinner box, right? Just go. doing yep. classic American shit. And we were just going over all the crazy shit that we that we thought. And the world is structured by almost two different types of people. Mm-hmm. Religious people and not religious people. Yeah. Now, religion has a good sense of morality in most cases. And I still believe that people who are not religious, like myself, we have a good sense of morality. Because yeah. my morality is not dictated by a book. It's not dictated by God. It is dictated by... What I think is right and wrong. So if you're looking at like governmental control over a population, religion would be a fantastic tool to control the masses, right? You, From the time you're born to the time you die, you believe in some divine righteousness that you your life has been mapped out for you already. You're able to free think, right? You're able to, you know, think complex thoughts. But ultimately, you are serving something. You're serving God. You're, you are serving under a principle that you are going to have a afterlife. And I really do believe that if 
aliens did exist, which I do, that the U.S. government and world government would probably not want that to get out. Because imagine, imagine you're 50 years old, your entire, you're, you have practiced Catholicism your entire life, Christianity. Yeah, like you're a priest. Yeah, yeah. And you got told you are not special. You, God did not make you. Yeah. I, I, the system would crumble. Yeah. So. All religions would. Every single one overnight. And I think that would be dangerous for the world. Do I think it would need to be done? Probably. But that's what's so complicated about world religion and aliens. They are so tied together mm-hmm. that if one becomes more overpowering than the other, it would it makes every single person on planet Earth kind of question where they are. Uh, it, yeah. You know, and I think that's the, the, the crazy part about it. So, Chaz, you, like, if you're the U.S. government and you found out you know, hey, we've recovered alien spacecraft. We're studying their technology, reverse engineering everything. Um, would you keep that from, like, the people? Yeah, because I feel like the people found out it could be, like, dangerous almost. Yeah, because the structure would fall apart. Yeah, and then, like, I don't know. I feel like if people found out, it would just, the world would be totally different than it is today. Yeah, and, and Trev, like, I, I feel like me and you are kind of on the same page here a little bit. Yeah. Like, I think the people have, would have a, the right to know. Yeah, but... But how you disseminate the data yeah. and, and how you, you go about kind you, of... Yeah. Which is, which is something I've always wondered about because a couple days ago we were all talking and just spitballing ideas of what to talk about because when, when you're doing a podcast, you kind of want to stay on topic a little bit. Yeah. But conspiracy, it's it's... Anyone can talk about. You don't need to know anything about anything. You can go in any direction. And that's why, yeah, I brought up the Great Pyramids of Giza. And it's just absolutely asinine to me that these group of individuals were able to build structures that were, the four corners were aligned to true north to the nearest, nearest degree. And to put that into kind of perspective... Right, and I kind of went over this really briefly, but the Earth has a magnetosphere, which gives you magnetic north. The northernmost point on a globe, on a circle, in a three-dimensional kind of sphere, would be your true north. That will never change. That will never change. Even if the Earth rotates the axis, it will always stay true to the northernmost point. So, and you got to imagine, right, not only do you have to use, you know, slaves, which is what they did, to build these structures for them to lift that i think scientists said you would need a a ramp six miles long to be able because you can't imagine like on a hill you're trying to push up a car you would want a gradual hill to to be physically able to push that up so you wouldn't want it to be like just a straight shot up like that yeah and you have literally you have thousands of thousands of thousands of these of these blocks that needed to be perfectly aligned. Perfect. And um, which leads me to believe that either they had help and or there was more advanced technology back in the day that, that, we, know of. that we might not have known. And because in some of the, the um, pyramids, they have like tunnels in them and traps because that's where they buried... Yeah, they're yeah. pharaohs. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kings. And that takes me to a point. And if, if you're watching right now, 
you know, I know we're not live, but when you get to this point, you guys should stop our podcast because I'm going to give a shout out to a really, really, really good podcast if you're interested in this literally at all. There's a Joe Rogan. He has Graham, um, Randall Carlson and Graham Hancock on his show, and they talk about a cataclysm event that happened 12,600 years ago that wiped out a civil civilization as we know it. And there's a lot of data to back up that these civilizations were way more technologically advanced than we think and give them credit for it. For instance, in uh, Gobekli Tepe, there's a, a site in Turkey that they just recovered not too long ago, maybe five, five years ago. They found these 100-foot megalithic structures dated from like 10,000 years ago, long before anyone we thought had the capability of making such a big structure. So if if you're not into the alien talk, right, say, you know, you practice Christianity and you're like, you know what, this is this is all horseshit, whatever. The avenue that I think that could be plausible, not, I mean possible, not plausible, would be that there was an advanced civilization back then. And, and we're, we're living in one right now, like as Americans, we're living in a very technological advanced world, but there's, there's islands off the coast of Africa that have never seen technology oh, yeah, ever. The, the, yeah, I've seen that. So imagine us stumbling across these guys and be like, oh yeah, like I'm an architect. I could build houses right now. You would think that is completely crazy. Like mm-hmm. that is something that you couldn't even comprehend. So, you know, for you guys... What, do you think that's even a possibility that, you know, there was more advanced beings that that just knew how to do this stuff, but some type of event happened that led, you know, to the dismantling of, you know, the, that current system? Yeah. It's hard to explain, but yeah, I mean, it's weird, but yeah. And I, I, it leads me, you know, it leads me down a kind of a path of, what do we know about science and, and history, you know, because everything you're finding new shit every day. So the history books that I wrote now, I think will be rewritten in five years. That's only if the people who discovered this stuff 15, 20 years ago are willing to accept they had it all wrong. Yeah. Imagine working your entire life and then being like, wow, I was wrong about something. You probably wouldn't be very quick to, to, to co-edit or co-publish an article saying, hey, I was completely wrong. Unless you're extremely humble, which I'm sure there are people out there, but, um, you know, just for sake of, you know, time and to keep advancing, I would, I would like to touch on that maybe in another podcast. We could talk hours about pyramids and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, the one thing, the one thing that, um, that if we're talking, you know, governmental control over information and all, I think Project MK Ultra is a good talking point and I don't know if you guys are familiar with it but it's the governmental CIA operative to for mind control. Okay. And so what do you do you guys think that the government has the capability of, you know, controlling people's minds? They do it every day yeah. with the news, your phones. Yeah. I I I think that they like they don't have like a machine that could tap in, but on the low like they they are doing that like what he said. Like, they are controlling us with the phone. Because, like, our parents, it what's the sense. first thing they do when they get home? Well, most most older, like, the older generation. They put on the news, the 4 or 5 o'clock news. Yep. 
What's the first thing when, like, my generation, kids get up? What's the first thing they normally do? Check, Check their, their phone. phone. Yeah, and, and to kind of give you an example of MK Ultra was Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy was a um, in that program. Mm-hmm. And you you guys know the rest of the story, how that, how that turned out. Yeah. Um, they were given large amounts of LSD, which if you're not familiar is hallucinogenics. Um, and to really just experiment and see, you know, what type of hallucinogenics, what they did to the human mind, if there was short-term, long-term effects. But if you're looking at it from like a government approach of like, you know, control, because that's what, that's what it is. I think the news, um, you, every single advertisement that you see on TV, every single ad that you see on your phone has been properly placed in accordance with how to get people to bow their heads down. And even with, like, how, like, you could search something up and how everything's linked. So I could, like, like, I could search something up on Amazon, like, mm-hmm. a hockey stick or something. And then later on, I'll get an ad for pure hockey. Which, yeah. it, everything's linked. Yeah. And where's it all going and it's linked back to the government is what I think. Yeah, well, it's going to these, it, it, they're in bed. So these companies that data mine, it's called data mining. Of what companies do. So when you click on something on like ESPN. There's or a show on Netflix about it. And it's very, very, it's like, it's a good watch. But sometimes it's hard to watch because it's like, it creeps you out. It's yeah, like, it's eye opening. you want to like throw your phone out the window. Yeah. And never pick it up again. And the interesting thing, I think you're talking about the social dilemma. And the interesting thing about that documentary is the pure amount of how in bed the U.S. government is with these big tech companies that are. They can see how long. So like if I'm scrolling on Facebook. They monitor every post I look at. They can see how long I look at something, even if it's for a split second. And then they go off of that to put more stuff in your feed that you'd be interested in looking at. Yeah. Which is creepy. Yeah. And MK Ultra is, you know, when you're talking, this is, and I, we want to avoid politics literally at all costs here. And I won't go into politics like right versus left at all. But the U.S. government, there is a, there is a technique Back in the day, back in the Roman time, it was called divide and conquer, right? You create these constructs in the news that you have to pick a side, you have to pick a team. And if you're not on one team, if you're on one team, the other team, you know, you're the enemy. And I believe most people are in the middle ground with pretty much whatever stance. They don't want extremes. They want common sense, moderate views on how to go about things. You're going to get your your fanatic left. You're going to get your fanatic right. But... I think MK Ultra kind of goes into that just a little bit deeper of when they post the news, you never – how many good things you hear about the news? Like on, on um, the evening news, they give like a little segment of it, the last minute of the show of something good. It's all bad. It's all c- conditioned stuff for you to live in and fear. some stuff, they make it out bad. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff actually. They, they, they get the right footage. And they get the right things to say to make people in their head either swing that it's good or bad. And yeah. Most people swing it's bad just by the video that the proof that they show of it or. Yeah, and point of view is a is a is a big thing in this country. Like points of view, it and and not to take it to this level, but you know the Nazis in Nazi Germany completely thought that they were completely within their right to do this stuff. Their point of view was that the Jews were evil, that they needed to take the motherland needed to expand, the um. They need a, you know, the Third Reich was supposed to be the world government. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, you start looking at it, you're like, how could people really think yeah, that? Yeah, it's insane. How did that? How did Adolf Hitler convince all these people to follow him? And it's for God, for country, for you know, humanitarian, for all of humanity. When you when you give people this idea and it sprouts in their head of I'm bigger than something else, like I'm being a part of something bigger than myself, people rally behind that all the time in sports and entertainment and, and, and just leisure activities. No matter what you do, people want to be a part of something bigger. When when you play if you're playing pickup hockey and then someone came and like, hey, we want to, want you to represent us in Team USA. That's an extreme. Don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. you want to be a part of something bigger and, and yeah. better than yourself. So – and that kind of takes me into the whole um, Operation Paperclip, which is – do you guys know about that? Mm-mm. Operation Paperclip was the U.S.-sanctioned governmental program that recruited Nazi scientists to bring them back to the United States. Um. This term, Operation Paperclip, is so mainstream, but no one really knows anything about it. And to put this into perspective a little bit, the Apollo 11 and 13 mission that were to land on the moon, Mm -hmm. the director was Werner von Braun, who was a Nazi SS rocket propulsion scientist. We had a Nazi leading our NASA program, which is a wild thought because – you fought a all-out world war to prevent these people from gaining power. And the U.S. government was like, oh, no, we'll make exceptions for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, when they put the Nuremberg trials, when they trialed all these Nazi officers, like especially the SS people. Yeah. I don't know um, too much of the, your normal countrymen, German countrymen who just were fighting for their country, who were put on the Nuremberg trials. But the U.S. government was perfectly you know, content with accepting some of these people in some of the worst human beings ever made. Um, and the history of that is so complicated because you look at NASA and one of probably the United States biggest, um, achievements in mankind, defeating the Nazis in world war two in the Japanese empire Mm -hmm. and landing on the moon. That is something that, as of current, has not been taken away from any of us, yeah. is that the United States was able to do that. And now, does that taint the history of the United States by bringing, bringing, in, um, bringing in Nazi scientists? Like I, in my opinion, I think it does to an extent. Chaz, what do you think? Not going to lie. I was lost in the sauce. Chaz, Chaz, was, Chaz was looking up some facts for us. I, I whispered to him. No. Um, so... Do you think it's a bad look for the Americans to recruit Nazi scientists for NASA? It is, but it isn't. I mean, it worked out for us. So you can't really say they were wrong for it because it helped us get to the moon, helped us get the first man on the moon, mm-hmm. and it helped us learn more facts about the, the moon and the universe because now yeah. we have satellites up there. So, I mean, yeah, it could have went bad, and it could have went how it went, but it's really... Like, looking back on it at the time, yeah, like, it was probably a bad look. But like I said, it, it ended up working out. So, I'm – that's really all. Now, I'm, I'm going to shoot from the hip at Trev here. Do you think we landed on the moon? Because <laughs> that is that is a – there is a yeah, big, yeah. big following yeah. for that. That, that. that conspiracy is a big conspiracy. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we did. 
I'm gonna say yeah, just because I haven't done any like I've seen it. Yeah, and it interests me, but I just never really looked into it to see what the full conspiracy and the facts that they had on it. So. I'm going to go with what I know, yeah. So for anyone listening, there's there's a lot of speculation on what happened during that mission. Like, a lot of it. The timing of it. The, the, the You know, the, the, the flag was a big one. The flag moving. Well, they were able to debunk at least that one. Because in space, right, there's no wind. So the flag should not be moving. But it was spring-loaded. It had a spring on it. So when oh, okay. he planted it, the spring was able to move back and forth, which gave it the vision of, of it moving. Um... The one dilemma I have of it was the pictures because solar radiation, you know, should not be – you should not be able to take pictures when there's solar radiation out. It shouldn't happen. Like it, it, I, I'm not a camera expert, so if uh, – when I post a link in the description and, and you write some comments on this, you can – at our Twitter – if, if anyone has any more information about that, but the, the way – when I research it, it it's not plausible – for them to be able to take pictures. So what I tech, what I truly believe is that um, they did it, you know, in Hollywood. You know, they took the pictures of what it would look like in Hollywood. Did they physically go there? Yes. But I don't think there was any way to have concrete proof of it because of the yeah. way the solar radiation looked. So I think there is a middle ground for people saying it didn't happen and it did. Because um, the, the way I understood the, the camera angles and the just – the fact that you shouldn't be able to take pictures in space um, it, with that technology at that time is is interesting. But um, in that kind of – I know we're kind of like all over the place here because we are on a time crunch today. We're definitely going to update this um, at some point, um, which gives us – I kind of wanted to end our conspiracy for just today on 9-11 because that's something that – I mean – Bush did. My my two yeah, Bush did nine eleven. <laughs> Our two um, my two co-hosts here actually were not even born when it happened, so we were not. But your lives have been affected since the moment you were born by that. I mean, I was close. I was a year off, so yeah. There were... No, I was not close at all. Never mind. I was just a year off. Yeah, you were a year off, but because I was thinking, I when it happened, I could have been in the womb, but. I don't no. think I was. No. Because no. my birthday is in September, yeah. so there's no way I was. Nine no, eleven. A year. A year. You were born no. in September. You were literally a year off. The The biggest event that has probably changed all of our lives is 9-11, the way we go about stuff. Um, between Especially the, now. Like, dude, you got to worry about, like, just threats in general. Like, well, that whether changed, it's terroristic yeah, or not. It changed everything, too, but even flying. Yeah. Sure. Can't even bring shampoo on a plane. Yeah, and I I think when you go back to, you know, September 11th and all, um, if you rewind a month prior, you know, CIA and FBI were building profiles on on the, you know, the Saudis who were who who were hijacking the planes. It I don't know if it, it was just an absolute failure on national security how these guys came into the United States. And we're living in Florida, taking flight lessons, and the the one the the one interesting oh, yeah, thing. This is wild. I remember you saying this. The one interesting thing was, you know, the 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 instructor was talking to one of them, and he knew they weren't good pilots. And he said, "Well, how are you going to land when um, you know, when it comes time to land?" He's like, "Oh, I don't have to worry about landing." What? That should have been a red flag, right off the bat. 
these people were living in the United States prior. They didn't just hop on a plane and do this. This was a well-coordinated effort. And a month prior to September 11th, um, August, I think it was August 10th or 11th, there was a change in policy that only the president of the United States could order an aircraft to be shot down. Only, it was no general, it was no Congress, it was the president of the United States. One of the controversies that happened with 9-11 is, do you shoot down these planes? You know, how many fighter, there weren't any fighter aircraft available that day. That day they were doing, um, NORAD was doing training on hijackings. That same day. So the people who were supposed to prevent this from happening truly thought that this was an exercise. They, they, they did not think that this could be real, real time. Only the air traffic controllers really, really knew what was going on that day. And um, it, like I said, I don't know if it's just a failure on like literally everyone involved. The, the Donald Rumsfelds, the, uh, the, the George Bushes. Um, I, I don't know if it's or if it was just negligence. But look at what happened since post, you know, 9-11. Two military occupations that, I mean, one that I fought in. Um, you, you never know, with no end in sight. There is absolutely no end in sight. Um, the Patriot Act, restricting some freedoms in the name of, of defense. So wh where do you think, like, for you guys... Where where does this rank for you, like, conspiracy-wise? Was it an inside job, or do you guys think that this was just negligence? On I mean, for something this big, I think you can't rule out that it wasn't an inside job because for them to do something this big that fast, well, not that fast, but you know what I mean by that. Like, in a time of minutes, they hijacked the plane. Mm -hmm. So, like, I feel like someone on the inside had to know what was going to happen that day and chose not to say anything. Yeah. Because it's just too big for someone not on the inside to hear about it or uh -huh. suspect anything of it. Now, you guys know the Twin Towers fell. Mm -hmm. There was also a third tower that fell that day that was not hit by a plane, Tower 7. Tower 7 was not hit by a plane and fell down, which is something that I just don't understand. Um... Let, let, let's take the free fall from, how, like, the controlled demolition. How far is Tower 7 from the Twin Towers? It, the way the 9-11 the Commission report came out said that there was jet engine oil that caught on fire, which deteriorated the structure, okay. of, of and that's why it collapsed. Okay, yeah. It, it's within the city blocks, but it was not hit by a plane, and it fell down perfectly. Just I th like the Twin I think, Towers. I, th I can't think of the name, but I think the turbulence of the other buildings crashing caused that one. To but no other but towers. No, no other towers got yeah. collapsed. Well, you never know. It could have been the bad, the badness of the building. Yeah, you know, like how it was built. If it was built bad, but and but Tower Seven is always something. So if you go back to news reports that day, and a lot of it's been scrubbed, which is interesting in itself. You know of why you would scrub you say it? That too is like I've never heard of Tower Seven falling. I've only heard of the Twin the, Towers. The Twin Towers are the biggest ones I could said. There like was out of reports. All my years in school, I've never heard of Twin Tower Seven. Well, Tower or, Seven did Twin fall. Tower, just Tower Seven. And the the part that I just don't understand is that there was actually news anchors who said Tower Seven fell before it fell. That ties us in. Is the news was the news given information prior to this? Hey, because they want to be the first ones to report it. 
and they just reported it a few seconds too early. A few seconds too early because a lot of that's been scrubbed. And if you search online, you can find little bits and pieces of it. Um, but and, and just the fact that they found the they found they couldn't recover. You know, they couldn't recover a lot of body parts. But they found the the people's, um, you know, passports. They found all of them. The, the the black boxes in there, the orange boxes, they, they, they couldn't recover. But now all of a sudden you can find wallets and passports that are in good condition. That The whole 9-11 thing just doesn't sit well with me. Only because the, the 9-11 report that came out, I think it came out in like 2005. So they had four years to inquire about all this. Get every ounce of eyewitness testimony they, they, they could physically find. And when the Pentagon came, got hit. There was no – the only video of it was a small segregated clip of it. How did not one single camera on the Pentagon capture a plane coming into it? I just don't understand that. And, and you know, when I kind of, you know, late at night look at that 9-11 report, they really don't have an answer for it either. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show you that you could have – these really big incidents in, in American history and it just all be a lie, a big lie. It, it's easy to lie about small things. It's really hard to lie about big things unless, you know, you take an event, right? 9-11, September 12, 2001 is always said to be the greatest, you know, Americans came together. There was no more Democrats, Republicans. There was no, it was for country. We wanted answers. We wanted reprisal. We wanted we wanted all this. We wanted justification for going to war. We took out Saddam Hussein, two thousand three. But yet, the Saudis, you know, are at fault here. You know, they sent them, and and then, and then next thing you know, right, we're in war with Iraq for chemical weapons. Yeah. Then we're at war with the Taliban, trying to find Osama bin Laden. Found him in two thousand eleven, killed him. So, which is another weird, not to get off track real quick, but I was thinking of this earlier. They, um, I was watching a documentary because the only sports game on that night was the Phillies and Yankees. And I remember one guy saying, Was it the Phillies and Mets or Phillies and it was, Yankees? It was the Mets. It Mets. was the Mets. But I don't, was it the Phillies, though? Yeah. When Piazza hit the home run? It, 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 was, it was the Phillies game because there's a special on, on yeah, Facebook about it. We've watched it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was. I kind of want to rewatch it, but mm-hmm. it was cool because the one guy in the fans said it like really no one knew what was going on. Only some people, like some people, got texts, but they weren't home to watch the news, so no one really knew what was going on. And then once it got out nationally, like once the president talked about it, they were still at the game, and uh, he said it was just it was cool seeing like the Mets and the Phillies are their rivals, and he goes, yeah. there was no rivals that night. We all came together as one country, and they were chanting USA. Yeah. And even, like, some of the, the Phillies players and Mets players were talking about, they were like, they had no idea what was going on. They yeah. got they they said they were out in the middle of an end, and they got back to their, uh, to the um, dugout, and they were, were looking at the coach, and they're like, what's going on? Because they were confused. Yeah. And, and it's just crazy <laughs> You talked about how September 12th, everyone came together. There was no politics, no rivalry. It was just USA. Yeah, and, and that's what – sometimes war can bring people together. But I think at this point with – you know, we're still fighting two occupations currently, right? We got soldiers in God knows how many countries. Yeah. And 
you know, we captured, we killed one leader, we killed both leaders, and we're still there. And um, so, for the next podcast that we do on conspiracy, that might be like a week or two out. Yeah. Um, we could really go in depth about why we're still there. Big pharmacy that that benefits from that with the opium, at least in Afghanistan. And um, one thing like the Iran, Iran issue, because Iran still does not like the United States and mm-hmm. we took out their leader in 1953. So it's really not a mystery to me of why they don't like us. Um, but in all of our bases, you know, we're surrounding them. <laughs> so that's something I would like to touch up, touch upon, um, next time, but the, the close it out, you know, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor anchor for, um, the software that we use for the podcast. It's free. It's easy to use. Um, we're still adding clips and, and other gadgets to these podcasts, but for the most part, if you want to, if you want to start your own podcast because you got some cool shit you want to talk about, definitely use Anchor. It's it's partnered with Spotify. Um, any any closing thoughts for you guys? No, no, yeah, this was a good this was a good talk. Um, we'll probably get into the Eagles coach head coach next, maybe or do a couple oh, Flyers Sixers yeah. recap. I know we've been a little behind on on, on that. Yeah, and I do have some things to say about the Flyers. But yeah, that defense fucking sucks. Yeah, it's never a good time when to do a podcast after a six to one loss. They play tonight, back to back. So hopefully we can come come here tomorrow with some good news. We'll we'll hit up the head coaching job because now all these different candidates are Josh coming together. McDaniels. Josh McDaniels is now the front runner. The Kansas City offensive coordinator is on the well, table. The Eagles had a meeting with. Um, I said it earlier. I forget. I want Todd Bowles. Um, Tam- it's Tampa Bay's defense coordinator. Mm-mm. Hold on, let me pull up the ESPN. Thing. They said um, Todd Bowles is the front runner if they never interview Josh McDaniels, which I don't like. Cause yeah, Todd Bowles was on that Jets team that made it to the playoffs, and the next year they just fucking sucked. Yeah. Um, the Colts offensive coordinator. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, I don't want him. That yeah. was they. They had an interview with him at two. I I, I, I think I'll, I'll give Josh McDaniels or Ben. If the, the Eagles needed to take their time with this and like. The, you need to find your guy. You yeah. uh, you need to find your guy, and it, you yeah, should not old. settle for like an interim, like a like a Brett Brown type of thing to get someone through a process. Find your guy, take the time you need, but also realize that there's like seven other coaching positions open. So, if well, you like your guy, get it done. You know, but if you don't think he's the guy, then keep looking because. You don't want to get into a it's such, you don't want to become Jacksonville. You don't want to become the Jets. You don't want to become the Browns. You just don't want to do that. So I think Jeffrey Lurie is zero tolerance for yeah. for mediocrity. Um, so I think we're in good hands on that on that part. But we'll definitely have some more news and updates as you know the day goes on. Because who know who knows? I mean, it's only us and the Texans that need a head coach now. So yeah. we'll see where that goes. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. We'll we'll be on tomorrow doing a Flyers uh, post post game. Um, yeah, everyone have a great day. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.